Hey everybody, this is Sam from West Virginia Overtime and giving you your WWE Smackdown update for November 29th of 2019. They're coming to you from uh, Birmingham, Alabama and the crowd seemed pretty hot tonight. Um, I really liked how the crowd um, got into this, this episode. Me, on the other hand, I'm not real sure about this episode. thought it was great for a... Um, Friday after Thanksgiving episode, um, it had some surprises, but I was looking forward to more. I was hoping with Survivor Series being Sunday that they could kind of clear up some stuff. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about some rumors that came true, and we're going to talk about some rumors that are possibly coming true. Um, they started off tonight with bringing Roman Reigns out. And he got a great reaction from the crowd, and he wanted to talk a little bit about Survivor Series. For those of you who didn't watch Survivor Series, him and King Baron Corbin were on the same team, and Baron Corbin uh, eliminated two people, and then Roman Reigns kind of turned on him, and Superman punched him and speared him, and got King Corbin out of Survivor Series, so... Basically, uh, Roman came out to talk a little bit about how thankful he was um, for this year and some of the struggles that he's had to go through with cancer and, and everything. And he wanted to thank everybody on his Survivor Series team, but Baron Corbin, of course, which led to him calling Baron Corbin out. Now, let me kind of take a tangent here and tell you that I'm really enjoying Barry, Baron Corbin. Um, I think a lot of people out there don't like him, don't want him to succeed, don't want him to win, don't want him in the WWE, don't want... Well, that is what you're supposed to have as a heel. And I have to say that I didn't have very high hopes for Baron Corman when he came in as the lone wolf with his long hair and he kind of went undefeated there for a little while. I didn't have high hopes for him. But I'll tell you what, since he turned into the GM and then got fired from that and has came back out of that, he has been one of the best heels WWE has seen. Um, he really plays it up fairly well. And I really enjoy it. I... I like his cockiness. Now, the only thing that I don't like is him being a chicken heel, where he doesn't really want to get involved with things. Um, that's the only thing that I'm not really into. I I like the idea of him having a stable. I like um, Bobby Roode. I refuse to call him Robert Roode. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler being with him, that gives these two um, something to do. I think Bobby Roode could be a very strong player for WWE. He proved that in TNA, that when he is a heel, he is so much better. And so I really like him with Baron Corbin. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is one of the most underrated people in the WWE. Him and Cesaro, um, they are... They just kind of get the shaft all the time. So I'm liking 
these three together as a stable, and I like Baron Corbin being the leader of it. However, I wish he was a little more Ric Flair-like, a little more cocky, and not so much of a chicken. Um, he sent, you know, Bobby Roode down there to take on Roman Reigns, and I felt that this this could have been a pretty good match. I just felt like it went on way, 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 way too long. There were too many segments. It went through too many commercials. You know, it didn't justify that. They weren't doing outstanding spots. Um, seemed like they were doing a lot of rest holds. And I wanted Dolph and... Uh, Baron Corbin to maybe get involved a little more if you're going to make it that long. Um, Roman Reigns is just not a real exciting wrestler and doesn't have a lot of different moves. So making it so many segments was, it, it just got, you know, boring. And so then it led to a Roman Reigns beatdown with, you know, the three of them. And I was asking myself, you know, where's Ali? Where's Shorty G? And I absolutely hate myself for calling him Shorty G. But, you know, where where are they? They're supposed to be Roman's guys. You know, they helped him with Survivor Series. The lead up to Survivor Series, they helped him. Where are these guys? And... We quickly found out that they weren't needed because, again, WWE is making a strong push to make Roman Reigns into this Superman superhero that can take on three guys at once. He literally buried Bobby Roode into the barrier, then, you know, threw chairs on top of him, ended up throwing the announcer's table on him, and... Then smacks Dolph Ziggler over a barrier with the steps leading up to the ring while Baron Corbin runs away. Just really kind of thought this this was stupid. Um, this doesn't make me think more of Roman Reigns. Um, I I wish if they're gonna turn Roman Reigns into a good guy, then. Turn him into a good guy. Turn him into someone that other people in the locker room also want to help out, that they want to be a part of, that they want to get the rub off of. No one come out when he was getting beat down because WWE wanted him to seem like he, you know, he can beat the world. Well, then you have him do heel tactics to do that, such as dumping over the announcer's table or hitting someone with stairs. And so I, I really think that WWE has a convoluted outlook on who Roman Reigns' character needs to be or who they want him to be. And it's just kind of frustrating for me as a fan. I've seen, you know, Roman kind of not have a true sense of purpose and a true character for like five years now and and it's kind of getting old i'm not on the i hate roman reigns bandwagon i really not but it's just so frustrating to see a guy that could be something um kind of languish and and wwe doesn't have anything really to do with him 
So then we saw the first of a billion segments with The Fiend and Daniel Bryan. And, um, you know, we saw The Fiend um, and the Daniel Bryan replay from Survivor Series. And then we saw the Firefly Funhouse. And, of course, this is where Bray, um, the good guy, kind of shows off his belt and then says that the fiend deserves his own belt and shows off the fiend's new belt which is basically his face um i thought the whole segment was stupid i hate the belt i think the belt looks stupid uh i looked at the one that is online that everyone is talking about wwe is putting out a fiend belt that is supposed to be of this superior quality and it's $6,500. Yes, you heard me right. It is $6,500. Yes, um, that can get you a small used car, or it can be a, a great down payment on a new car. Um, $6,500 for the Fiend's Belt. Um, that just makes this segment even more stupid to me. But... Um, I was really excited with the next one. Sheamus is back. And that has been one of the rumors for probably the last two weeks now. That Sheamus, Elias, and uh, Alexa Bliss are all coming back after Thanksgiving, but before the New Year. And we saw all three of them come back this um, episode. And I was a little shocked that all three of them are on SmackDown. But really enjoyed this, the Seamus promo. Um, thought that he spoke really well. He was very succinct. He looks good. Um, like the new haircut. If any of you have checked out on um, Facebook or Twitter, Seamus's pictures, he has gotten in extreme amount of shape and gotten his conditioning back. And I really look forward to seeing Seamus in the ring and seeing what they can kind of do with him. Well, earlier I asked, where was Ali when when Roman Reigns was getting beat down? Well, we find out he was getting ready for a jobber match. Um, real disappointed in this match. He comes out. Um, again, they're trying to promote Ali as this superhero. He's, you know, he's all lit up. He's got his mask. And he's taking on Drew Gulak, who has just been a real disappointment. He... He started off so strong, you know, in 205 and, and NXT and has basically been brought up to SmackDown just to be a jobber. And this match, well, you know, Ollie won, but who really cares? This was a take-up time match. And I'm sorry, SmackDown is only two hours. You can't feel two hours worth of good matches that promote a storyline that serve a purpose to get us involved in these characters that serve a purpose in helping us explore things come on um this is this is just a waste of our time, as is the next segment with Heavy Machinery hawking uh, WWE merchandise for Black Friday. I mean, what are they? The second coming of the New Day? Um, heavy Machinery, I understand they've got some comedy in their act. 
But are we going so far overboard that we're making them into, you know, the next New Day? I just thought this segment was absolutely worthless. Um, this is not who I needed hawking merchandise. Or if this is who you want, then make it funnier. Um, make it something that I actually want to see. Um, do something. I, I, by this point... I'm kind of getting frustrated. And I don't know whether WWE heard that or uh, they kind of read that with the audience. I'm not sure. But then we come back and we have, you know, the two segments where they show us the Survivor Series recap of the women. Of Bailey not looking good at all in the Survivor Series main event against Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, uh, not looking strong and getting pinned by Shayna Baszler and Shayna Baszler just being the total ultimate heel that she is, which leads me to the rumor that is out there now that. During Survivor Series, Vince actually saw Shayna and watched that match and got into it. And that Shayna should be getting called up before Royal Rumble. I have not heard anyone that is spreading this rumor say whether she's going to be Raw or SmackDown. But that she should be getting called up to Royal Rumble and that Vince McMahon wants her on one of the shows. I think this will determine if Rhonda is coming back or not. I think if Rhonda is coming back, she will go on Fox's SmackDown because they're getting more money for it. And Shayna, therefore, will go to Raw, which is Vince's favorite anyway. But I think if Ronda is not making a comeback before WrestleMania, I think Shayna goes to SmackDown to shore up the ratings there and to try to make Fox happy. So um, we'll, we'll have to see with that one. Then, you know, we see the segment um, of the ladies' Survivor Series match, the 5-on-5-on-5, five five five, and it ends with... Um, Sasha Banks being the last one for SmackDown and Rhea Ripley being the last one for NXT. Io Shirai comes out, causes a disturbance, and Rhea Ripley, of course, pins Sasha Banks, which leads to what they're doing on this segment, and they bring out the boss and Bailey, and they want to give their take on what exactly has happened, why everything went wrong for SmackDown during um, the Survivor Series. And, of course, they want to throw SmackDown's women's locker room under the bus. Well, I'm all for it because their locker room pretty much sucks. Uh, the people they had on the Survivor Series, I couldn't believe. Um, you know, Dana Brooke, come on. Um, it was pretty much set up that, you know, for this, for Sasha Banks to, to get pinned like this, because of the people that they put 
in the Survivor Series. So I really enjoyed um, Sasha Banks kind of throwing all of them under the bus. Sasha Banks makes a really good heel. I think some of that comes from her personality or how she was brought up where she was brought up and stuff. She kind of draws on that and it really makes her an interesting um, good heel as far as I'm concerned. I, I think she's very believable. Bailey, on the other hand, does not. Um, I really feel for her. I know that she's probably trying to stretch herself. She wants to become a heel. Um, she's wanting her character to have, you know, multi layers and and all of that. But I just wish Bailey would have have stayed good. I wish they would have protected her, kind of like they have done uh, John Cena, and just not even bothered with it, because Bailey cannot act worth crap. Um, her makeup is garbage. I hate that eyeliner coming down her nose. I, I It looks like a smear job. Can't stand it. Um, but her trying to look pitiful and sad and... But also uh, defiant and upset and trying to blame others for her losing. Um, it just wasn't believable. It, it, it was just sad as far as I was concerned. And I'm not real sure where you go with the Bailey character here. You know, um, everybody thought that Sasha would end up turning her and... Um, she would go back to being good, but I don't really know how you rehab this character. I don't know how you get out of this mess, uh, other than to have her take an ultimate beatdown when she loses the title, and I'm not even sure who she can lose the title to. I guess maybe they're setting up Les Lacey Evans, maybe? Um, not real sure. Uh, the person who I think should take it off of her is Sonya Deville, and we'll get to that in, in just a minute. But, um, somebody needs to give Bailey the ultimate beatdown, and she really just needs to go away. She needs to go away. They need to send her away for, I don't know, uh, 6 to 12 weeks. And yeah, you heard me right. I think they need... I can't see WWE sending her away for 12 weeks, but they need to send her away at least six. She needs to miss a pay-per-view. She needs to um, be away out of the audience's mind and come back from some journey that she's been on. Maybe she's uh, needed to meditate. Maybe she go visits John Cena. I don't know, but when she comes back, then she needs to come back as a babyface and go back to who her personality is and who I think she really is. But anyway, they, you know, this segment starts off with them whining around about how SmackDown sucks. And of course, they mention. Lacey Evans, and, um, cue her music, here comes Lacey Evans, um, I like, um, Lacey Evans, I, I don't 
know that I necessarily enjoy her character to the fullest. Um, I wish they would bring up somehow that she's a Marine and that she is this bad guy. And I believe Marines um, truly are the ultimate warriors, but they have a certain class about them. They have certain protocols that they do. So this would fit in with her manners and her etiquette. And I just wish they would somehow reveal that a little bit. Loved that she gives the woman's right to Sasha Banks. And then, again, we see Bailey's character kind of not knowing what to do. You know, I think as the women's champion, and if you're going to be a true heel, I think you have to immediately go fight Lacey Evans. But, of course, she doesn't do that. And, you know, she's backing away. So, are you going to make her a chicken heel? Well, no, no. Then she goes to Sasha's side. And it's just another evidence of WWE not knowing where they want this character to go. And them not working with Bailey to project the right kind of feelings, the right kind of attitude that they want her to project. Because I honestly cannot believe that they want her projecting utter and complete confusion. Because that's that's what I took from it, was I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be showing. I don't know whether I'm supposed to be scared of Lacey Evans, whether I'm supposed to be upset that my best friend just got knocked. Um, I don't know whether I should be angry. I, I It was just utter confusion. And so that... That segment, even though it got my attention, um, it got me from being bored, and it brought me back kind of to the program, it it still frustrated me a little bit to see this kind of stuff going on. They have now been on Fox now for, I don't know, six weeks. Um, it's time to kind of get things straight. Um, it's time to get a rolling. So then we see another segment with, you know, The Fiend and Daniel Bryan. And I got excited because, you know, they bring bring the pig out and he's in his workout clothes. And you see Bray Wyatt and he's in his muscle man outfit and he talks about the muscle man dance. Well, that was one of my favorite things. You know, I was like all about the muscle man dance. We're going to see a different muscle man video. We're going to really get involved because I think that that has been one of the best things that's come out of the Firefly Funhouse. But again, it goes into confusion. And I know a lot of you are going to write in or, or tell me, well, that's what the fiend is, is confusion. Yes, the fiend is about confusion, but the Bray Wyatt side of him is about mystery and being sneaky and giving us hints and stuff like that. And 
I didn't feel like this let us know any more about the character. I didn't understand why this segment was there. Um, didn't uh, didn't show that Daniel Bryan got it either. But um, really went into these flashing backgrounds behind Bray Wyatt, and I know the com- conspiracy theory of us are going to be out in force on Monday. Um, Listen to any future podcasts of other people. Um, You're going to hear them talk about the conspiracies of the backgrounds. You know, them showing the pyramids, showing the the Illuminati things, uh, showing the dark web, showing the numbers of the tech industry industry um just showing different segments of conspiracy things in hit the background i was just like are you telling us that bray is part of this are you just doing this to add to an audience and get podcasters like me talking about it why are you why are you doing this so was really excited about this segment and just kind of felt let down kind of felt like blah you know um but then nikki cross comes out and um i like nikki cross i liked her character a lot better in nxt really felt that um it was good i liked her being kind of a psychopath um someone that could go psychotic at any moment and was absolutely crazy understand why she got toned down just a little bit because she was with alexa bliss but alexa bliss has been out and so i don't understand why they didn't let nikki cross go back crazy but anyway um was really excited to see nikki cross come out and see that she was going to be taking on sonia deville i told you on the men's side i think some of the most underrated wrestlers are uh Dolph ziggler and cesaro well on the women's side i think one of the most underrated wrestlers is sonya deville i think that she has a very interesting character um I think you can go either way with this character. Um, If you would have asked me six months ago, I would have said she could have been a great heel in WWE. I think that she um, has this attitude about her, this cockiness, this um, burning passion inside of her that could have made her a good heel. But after watching this season of Total Davis, I think you can make her a babyface. Um, you know, you've got some great heels as far as Sasha Banks, as far as, you know, Charlotte Flair. Um, even Becky makes a pretty decent heel. You know, you you've you've got some heels that she can go up against. After seeing her on Total Divas, Sonya really really has this mma background that can stand up to anyone she's been working on her wrestling skills but 
one total devil is you got to see her personality. And she has this classy personality. She has a kind, almost sweet heart personality. She cares about her fans. She has a great personal story of being um, gay and being out and has a very strong fan base with that. Um, I really like the idea that her character could go either way as far as being a babyface or being a heel. Pair her with Mandy Rose. I I like those two together. I absolutely hate that the push that they were getting just totally got stopped at Elimination Chamber. I wish that they could have gotten in that Elimination Chamber, chamber excuse me, can't talk tonight, and really did some good work, really turned the fans with them, and could have had a program with the tag team titles. Do not, for the life of me, understand why they are not in the tag team title picture. Um, do was, was kind of confused why we were having this match, but was a little excited because I thought, Nikki Cross, Sonya Deville, this is the match you should be given 15 or 20 minutes to. This is the match that needs to be going a couple segments, not Roman Reigns. These two ladies have worked hard, and they have very good characters. They have very good wrestling ability. Let them show it. Progress a storyline. Well, they kind of did. Because they use this as a vehicle to bring Alexa Bliss Black. Now, I wish that Nikki Cross would not have pinned Sonya in this match. I wish the beatdown would have started and they would have gotten disqualified. And then that would have brought Alexa Bliss out. Um, just because I don't want Sonya to take extreme amount of losses. I guess that's the AEW in me. I'm I'm thinking wins and losses should count for something. Wins and losses should matter in you going up and down the card. But um really enjoyed that Alexa Bliss is back. Only problem is I just don't want her to get hurt. She seems very injury prone and has bad luck. But you know what? On the mic, she really does an awesome job. And they say she has been working on her wrestling. I hope so. And, hey, let's put these two uh, tag team up against each other. Let's put Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose and have them go at it and do a long program with them. Not where they're necessarily wrestling every week. Maybe they're having backstage segments. Maybe they're doing promos against each other. But I really think you could build this up. And when you actually do have a match, Nikki Cross can take the brunt of it. And Alexa Bliss can come in with the hot tag. And I think you can build these two tag teams up. And no matter who you choose to to go over and who you choose to lose. Basically, in the both, they go over, and you can build them up for, you know, future tag team um, victories where, you know, you take Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss 
and maybe they go back after the tag team titles. Or maybe they fall apart allowing Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose to get over on them and go after the tag team titles. WWE needs to use this kind of as a building block. So then we get the Daniel Bryan Miz segment. Now, I love The Miz. I have loved The Miz since the real world. I have followed him throughout. I watched The Miz and Mrs. I just love The Miz. Loved his suit, by the way. But here's the thing WWE, The Miz is a great talker. But you know what? He's also a great wrestler. So unless he's injured, put his butt back in the ring. I I want to see him have something to talk about. I want to see Cocky Miz. I don't care that you're making him a baby face. Great. Just make him a cocky baby face. Um, or let him turn back heel where he's excellent. But anyway, I, I like this promo. I liked him, you know, talking to Daniel Bryant and basically saying, I'm not here as your mentor. But, you know, the locker room does need you. Do not lose yourself. And and I really like that. That progresses the storyline. That gives Daniel Bryan something to think about. That that shows that he's thinking of uh, turning and, and going after the Fiend. I, I like this segment. So I don't know whose idea this was, but whoever's idea it was, you need to go back to them for some other ideas. And see if they can't build a show. Um... Then we get this stupid segment with Drake Maverick. You know, uh, I'm glad that she called him out and said, I thought you were married. What is Drake Maverick, number one, doing on the show? Number two, why is he trying to kiss her? Number three, you know, where is this going? Yes, it was used to bring Elias back. So that he could do a song and have, basically, Drake Maverick as the punchline. Great. I don't care. Um, I'm not an Elias fan. I'm glad he's back. That gives, you know, someone else that is fairly decent on the mic, fairly decent in the ring, um, to come back and maybe they'll do something with him. But I absolutely hate his singing, and I wish somebody would take him uh, also under the ring, which we'll get to in a minute, and cut his hair. Because it looks like it's grown out even longer and scragglier. And are they going to do... He said that he went on a journey. So are they going to do that he's homeless and that he looks this way because he's homeless and he's a journeyman because that's what I thought they were going to do in the beginning. And then he changed how he, he dressed, he changed how he talked, and then he got in a stable and then he got hurt. So exactly what are you doing with Elias here? I'm glad to see his back, but, you know, I don't really care. The New Day comes out with their open challenge. Um... You know, I I don't know what else to say about the New Day. I have to give them the, their props. They're seven-time tag team champions. They have um, a really good shtick. Um, I don't really care for them. I don't care for the three of them separate. So you might as well put them together, and then that, I don't have to see them separate. 
with Xavier Woods out, we've only got Big E and Kofi, and I can't stand really either one of them. So I was kind of hoping when I saw and heard the music and then saw Sami Zayn come out with Shinsuke and Cesaro, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the twist. This is going to be the turn that they're going to give Birmingham tonight. They're going to allow this crew that Sammy has put together to actually win the tag team titles. You know, when people throw out open challenges, a lot of times they get beat because they don't know who to expect and who to prepare for and all that rigmarole. And so I thought they're going to give us a present the night after Thanksgiving. They're going to allow them to win the tag team titles because that's kind of what needs to happen. Sami Zayn is the ultimate mouthpiece. He is great at doing promos, at speaking, at getting the crowd fired up, um, about getting attention. Shinsuke can't talk. Cesaro can and, and does really well when he takes out the mouthpiece, but doesn't act like he really truly wants to talk. So, let Sami Zayn yak for them, and then let these two in-ring performers, Shinsuke and Cesaro, go in and show the world how good of wrestlers they actually are. Have them do wrestling moves. Have them do spots. Have them put together a great match. And I can't think of anyone else better to do it with than the New Day. This could have been, you know, one of SmackDown's first classic matches and great twists that would have happened in the wrestling ring. But of course, WWE can't give that to us. Um, they they don't want to. And this turned into a very boring match until kind of the end when I thought Sammy was getting up to distract the referee and get thrown out so Cesaro could do something to the New Day and win the belts. But, of course, WWE does not want to pull that plug. It's almost like um, since taking Kofi's title and making everybody mad, they gave him, you know, the tag team title as a thank you. And they don't want to take it away from him yet. So Sammy gets thrown out of the match and Cesaro gets pinned by Kofi because Cesaro didn't take advantage of Sammy Yakin. And so it was just kind of really frustrating again. Um, then we, the next segment, the last segment, we see Daniel Bryan come out and I think this is probably the most frustrating that I got of the whole entire night. Because to see Daniel Bryan, he is one of the he is one of the better wrestlers in wrestling today. He is a 
thinking wrestler. He comes up with numerous ideas. He is not afraid to change his character. He's not afraid to change and show his his personal beliefs, his personal views. He's not afraid to give an excellent promo. He is got the he has gotten the the wrestling moves. He is willing to be in pretty much any storyline. So I think I'm getting frustrated because for a guy who can be anything, he's nothing. What is he? Is he a baby face? Is he a heel? Is he a good guy? A bad guy? Is he, you know, yelling at us about the environment and the earth? Or is he, you know, hugging babies? What does he stand for? Who is his character? And I think that's the part that makes me frustrated because when he ended the Yes Movement, turned heel, started yelling at us about the environment, I cheered that. I I was excited. He has been gave a new character. He is running with it. Well, it's almost like WWE didn't want to run with that. Um, the fans he was getting over as far as the fans were hating him. And again, you're supposed to hate heels. So not sure who made the decision. It's almost like they're turning him back, babyface, by letting him bring back the yes chance. And so just really was confused and then for him to kind of accept Bray Wyatt's offer and to see the fiend come up through the floor well number one AEW did that this Wednesday two days before you did this AEW let the Butcher and the Blade come through the floor. So why are you having the Fiend do it? Doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the Fiend comes up through the floor, mandible claws him, and takes him beneath the mat. Then we see him throwing hair. Well, if any of you know me, you know I got excited because I have been saying Daniel Bryan needs a shave and a haircut for, I don't know, two years, three years. Um, I am so excited. I can't hardly wait. I hope that this gets snuck on Raw. I hope they show Daniel Bryan on Raw. Or I hope somebody catches him out this weekend or this coming week and shows me what he looks like. I want him to get a haircut and a shave so bad that I can't see straight. It makes me look forward to SmackDown. And if you've sat through this for the last 44 minutes and listened to how frustrated you or I am, then you know 
that I I'm so happy I can't see straight. I I cannot wait for SmackDown. I will be probably next Friday night at eight o'clock setting by my TV if I haven't already found out what Daniel Bryan looks like because I'm so excited. I'm not excited about the fiend getting him. I could care less. I'm excited about him getting a shave and haircut. And if I am that excited about this and about nothing else really on this show, that tells you how frustrating the show was. It tells you how confused as a fan I am. I don't know where they're going and what they're doing. Um, WWE, if you're listening to this or if anybody that knows WWE is listening to this, how about this? Get Bray Wyatt out of the funhouse and let Bray Wyatt be the Bray Wyatt character. And yes, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. Somewhere else other than the firehouse. Let him do a promo in the ring. Let him do a promo backstage. Do an interview with him. Let Bray Wyatt come out and us see the two distinct sides of Bray Wyatt the Fiend. You know, let the Fiend doesn't really talk. The Fiend does the action. Bray Wyatt does the talking. So let's see Bray Wyatt out of the, the funhouse. Let, let's see him maybe walking around with his cult-type uh, personality instructing Daniel Bryan with a shave and a haircut next Friday night. You guys, if you've got any problems, protests, questions, or comments, give me a holler at West Virginia Overtime. We are at wvovertime at gmail.com. You can tweet us at OvertimeWV, or you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at WVOvertime. I will see you after Monday night.